Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. What a great show. It was a great show. Welcome back. It is April the 28th. We are coming to a close of the month of April 2023. It is Friday. Welcome to Friday. For those of you who have lived through another week of job hell, I do hope that you will find it within your schedule to spend awesome time with the people you love, people you like, people you want to get to know better. Uh, all of that good stuff. So welcome to life, love, and liberty. So, so I'm going to talk a little bit about, a uh, little bit about some nasty news that's going on, little conservative ink feuding that's happening. Um, you know, I, I call it the Grammys of media because that's really what it is. And, and all of those turning point USA things that people do and CPAC. I mean, listen, I come from the music industry. If anyone understands Grammys and theater and productions, it's me. And so used to vote for them. So I get it and have sung on many stages across the world. Look forward to singing our national anthem tomorrow, actually at our Georgia music hall of fame, our aviation, I'm sorry, not music, our aviation hall of fame, but I will be singing our national anthem. Very proud to do that as always honored, humbled actually to do that. So I digress. Um, but there's a little feud going on in, in the Twitter sphere in conservative Inc. And what, and what is that feud? Well, if you follow a gentleman by the name of Steven Crowder, who is uh, known as a comedian. Uh, he's louder with Crowder. He has had his show for a number of years. He was part of Daily Wire, had a massive falling out with them in recent months, um, which that turned really ugly uh, between he and uh, Ben Shapiro, I believe, and uh, Ben's partner over at the Daily Wire. And it's just, it's gotten, it was just super weird. And I didn't follow all of that mess. You know, it's just a whole bunch of contractual he said, she said, blaming childish kind of things going on. And so I, and I just happened to, in the past few days, notice that there's a lot of his name is trending, right? And then I noticed that Candace Owens name is trending. And for those of you who don't know, Candace Owens, who is the founder of Blexit, is a part of the Daily Wire. And they're all out of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Stephen decided to go do his own thing and decided to walk away from a $50 million contract because uh, he didn't allegedly want to be told what to do or or have to forego advert you know um, rev share um, if he was not on the air, which is pretty typical. Like if you're not on the air and you're not doing your show, then if advertisers are not going to pay you for that airtime, then why would I pay you as my talent? And I run a media company, so to me that makes sense. But anyway, uh, not my talent. Thankfully, not my monkey, not my circus. <laughs> so, uh, so, so Stephen. Um, has had a falling out with his wife. Now, when this happened, I don't know. I just happened, it's been recent, okay? And I just happened to stumble upon Candace Owens's um, video that she produced and delivered to her audience to the tune of 1.6 million viewers as of right now on Twitter as of yesterday, okay? And she took to the airwaves to basically bring every receipt she has regarding Steven Crowder and what's going on currently with his 
either estranged or soon to be ex-wife. Okay. So as the story goes, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the details of this story because I'll be honest with you, that's not the purpose in this conversation. It's more of an admonition and an encouragement. Okay. But it, but it is important to see what's happening because what's interesting is to see the responses where the tribalism, Candace is right. We do operate in tribalism um, as conservative Inc. They absolutely 1000% operate in tribalism. There's no doubt about it, just as the left does, okay? And so Candace was brought into this fight because apparently she was mentioned by Steven Crowder and she was accused, falsely, according to Candace, of attempting to extort Steven Crowder's situation. And she looks as surprised as I am uh, whenever she talks about it. And so she calls BS and brings every receipt known to mankind. And the ex-wife handed, or soon to be, I'm sorry, pregnant at the time, eight months pregnant with twins, I believe, um, she hands over their ring videotape to media to basically say, hey, I'm not the bad guy that Stephen is allegedly telling his millions of viewers that I am. So apparently Stephen takes to the airwaves to say, I'm, I chose wrong, right? I made the wrong choice in a wife. And and we'll get to that in a minute. And then goes on to say some other things, right? So so Candace brings all the receipts, including this ring video, to basically show, and it is uncomfortable because it's someone's marriage, right? Like anyone who is is worth their, their salt is not interested in watching other people fight. Well, unless, God rest his soul, you're someone who, you know, was a big fan of the lewd and crude Jerry Springer, right? Or the Maury Poviches of the world, which I find abhorrently disgusting. So their shows are disgusting. They're trash. I hate what they've done to our society almost as much as I hate court TV. And mark it down, trace it back to when our judiciary became a complete crap show. And you, what you'll find is Hollywood right there behind it. You'll find the Grammys of the judiciary, <laughs> right? You got judge so-and-so and judge so-and-so and judge so-and-so today is presiding over these two people who are fighting over their cockadoo who, you know, crapped in someone's dining room table that they bought when they were in a drunken stupor and, you know, she's pregnant with Leroy's baby and, and now he's got to pay for it. I mean, really? Yeah, that's us. Welcome to the new America. So, the new and not so improved America. So yes, so yes, when things turn entertaining, when things that should be taken seriously by serious adults in the room are are turned into entertainment, you you're you have a dumpster fire for a nation. You just do. And I'm not suggesting that we should all be fascists, obviously, or communists and, you know, have state-run TV, which we now have state-run media. But I am suggesting that there's a lot to be said for, you know, people who get off on watching other people fight in other people's drama. I will block you if you're on Twitter and all you do is post fight videos It's it's or race-baiting videos. Got to go. Got to go. I make no time for that. I don't want it in my spirit. I don't want it in my eyes or my ears. I hate it. And I'm not going to propagate it. You shouldn't either especially as a Christian. So so what's interesting about this whole fight, right? So Candace, if you want to see it, if you want to hear her monologue, forget about the video, but it, but if you want to hear her monologue, you can catch that at her Twitter feed, okay? It's also on mine because I commented on this. Will Chamberlain's commented on it. He is spot on, and, and I like Will. 
we don't always agree on some things, but especially where President Trump's concerned. But I do, I like Will. I, I respect his work and I do find him to be um, an honorable human being. He's been in my spaces before and uh, and I do happen to agree with he and Candace, uh, with him and Candace on this. So Candace goes through her monologue. She brings every receipt known to mankind where Stephen is concerned and how allegedly um, he plays the victim and the martyr and the pity party for things even as serious as open heart surgery, where she brings receipts from the ex-wife stating that Stephen didn't really have a congenital heart issue and it wasn't as serious as he told everyone that it was. It was because he wasn't happy with his chest being concave and he wanted to have surgery to make his chest look nicer. That's pretty crappy. Right, that you would drag your audience through, if that's true, that you would drag your audience through, you know, people praying for you and, you know, and all of that. And woe is me and telling this whole cockamamie story that's like, what is it with me today? Cockadoos and cockamamie. I don't know. Um, it's Friday. So <laughs> is it a full moon? <laughs> um, but what, you know, that's just gross, right? That'd be like me trying to get the sympathy listen from you guys. You know, the woe is me. And I've had plenty of opportunities to pull the woe is me card, especially in the past six months. Uh, But no, it's not my job to burden you as my audience with things. And I will call upon you to pray for me at times. But, you know, but I certainly wouldn't make up some kind of a story uh, to, to garner some weird, you know, fake support from you, some heartfelt support. I mean, that's just like, that is, if anyone who would do that to me, that is like, sociopathic, psychopathic, whatever. I'm not a head drinker, thank God, but I'm a minister and that is wicked. That That is someone who needs deliverance. If that in fact is what's happened and allegedly according to his ex-wife, soon to be whatever it is. So I have no idea how he will respond to Candace's. I'm sure he already has. I don't know that the bigger story for me here is watching as always is, is just, I drop my line in the water just to see how People will, where are you? Not not because I'm trying to be a pot stirrer at all. Quite the contrary. I am highly interested in where your heart and your mind is. Where is your level of decency and faith? I'm very curious about that because that'll tell me everything I need to know about the direction of our nation and how I should be praying and how I should be administering my own ministry. So when I drop things out there, I, I'm not interested. I don't have to stir the pot. That that pot is like on fire, boiling over. It's got 5,000 cauldrons going at one time. I don't have to do that. That I'm, I'm way above that. That's amateur hour. I, I'm far more interested in what makes you tick. Where is your head? Where is your heart? What's got you completely distracted? How are you behaving in your own marriages? What do you even understand about Christianity? And I got to tell you, Candace is spot on when she talks about this conservative ink being um, wrapped up in tribalism. So, so she kind of approaches the conversation from the standpoint of, hey, if we can call out the left for their BS, then we're going to call out the right too. We're going to call out our own. Well, y'all got to know something. <laughs> If there's any way at all to poke at that hornet's nest called conservative ink and Trumpsters are us and Trump forever, uh, you know, and always Trumpers and, and DeSantis forever and, you know, whatever idol of the day it is, right? The idol du jour. If there's ever an opportunity for you to poke at that sacred cow hornet's nest, 
then what you do is you shine a light on things happening on the right. What are, what you talking about? I learned that the hard way and clearly it has not made a hell of beans to me, uh, because I'm going to do me. So, and I'm going to do what I'm instructed to do of the Lord, whether any of y'all listen to me or not. If I had one, if no one downloaded my podcast, I would still be right here on these airwaves doing exactly what I've been called to do. So I'm grateful that you're here, but if you weren't know this, the show will go on and it's not a show. However, if you want to poke the hornet's nest, all you got to do is call out people on the right, especially as someone, quote, on the right. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, that happened and, you know, rest his soul wherever he may be. And I, and I won't even I won't even dignify his memory with with his name or his title. But let's just say this. Uh, I will say and I don't like to speak speak ill of the dead. Uh, but but this is someone who, you know, had had a, had a very interesting tenure here in politics in the state of Georgia. And you wouldn't believe the emails and the phone calls I got threatening, threatening my life, threatening my family. Just kind of, you know how Southern women can be too, you know, very sit on the, sit on the porch with a, with a, with a fan and a, and a nice tall of tea and some, 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 some lemonade and, you know, while the fan and themselves, Monica, do, do you think that, do you think that you can just take your foot off the gas now? I mean, th- this is just not how we behave, right? But, but we gotta, we, we gotta, we are at war with, with the Democrats. I mean, we, we got, girl, please, y'all better save that stuff because that is not me. That, that doesn't work on me. It does not work for me. You know why? Because I'm not part of your tribe and I never have been and I never will be. I am first loyal to the kingdom. And I'm getting better at that every day as from glory to glory, he takes me into understanding who and whose I am on deeper and deeper levels. And he'll do the same thing for you. So, so that y'all ask me all the time, how we just love your courage. How just keep being correct. I'm like, "Mm, my courage doesn't come from me. My courage from comes from understanding exactly who my father is and his power and what that means for me with someone who's been entrusted with airwaves. And I don't take that lightly at all, and neither should you. Because everywhere your voice carries are your airwaves. That's your jurisdiction. Remember, every idle word we speak, we will be held to account for, and that's an unproductive word. So I learned a very long time ago, being on the air, that even if you're calling out child molesters, yep, I wish I was kidding. Even if you're calling out traffickers, Even if you're calling out those in bed with cartels, even if you're calling out those who are just nasty, filthy, despicable, disgusting, you know, demonically inspired human beings in politics and government, all of it, it doesn't, when, when you're dealing with the tribe, they don't want anyone. And listen, and you know, in the South, nobody gets to see your dirty underwear. Your dirty laundry cannot be seen by the other side. Nope. We don't even show it to each other. So imagine the reception I have in Georgia, uh, which I'm completely out of Georgia politics, could not give two rats behind what happens here in Georgia politics. To be honest with you, I pray about it, and that's it. Y'all can have it. I'm done. After 2020, don't care. Cannot wait to get out of here and be on my farm. Thank you, Father. So there. And uh, But th- the rest of this whole CCP hellhole, mm-mm. I-, I pray 
And I pray for the good people of Georgia, for the honest, hardworking, you know, tax-paying, um, you know, God-fearing people of Georgia who, who have, you know, overcome a lot. I pray for you guys. But your politicians, oh, I'm out. So, Candace, let's get back to this. Candace starts the whole show out by saying, listen, here's the deal. Tribalism, mm-mm, that's not going to fly. We have to call out our own for abhorrent behavior. And whatever you do in private, whatever you're espousing in public, you should be espousing, you know, you should be living in, in private. Now, listen, uh, now here's the deal. Okay, I believe in grace and I believe in mercy and I believe in people going from glory to glory. And I believe there there are some things in my own life that it's like, mm, you know, some of y'all wouldn't be able to handle some of the places that I've come out of. You just wouldn't. You wouldn't be able to because you wouldn't believe that I've been delivered. And so because I know your faith is like not even a grain of a mustard seed. It's like a flea. So if that, it's like a speck. So, you know. I, I know I can't trust some of you with that level of maturity with regard to Father's faithfulness and some of the things that he's delivered me from. And I give him all honor and glory and praise because I wouldn't have been able to walk out of it without him. And some of you have things that are just as, you know, hellish that you're still walking out of. So, I, you know, listen, I reserve the right to change and I certainly extend that mercy to others. We have to. So I'm not saying that Stephen is some kind of a hypocrite, and I, and that was kind of what Candace was alluding to. Is it's like you know you profess to be this Christian and in this and this is what he is professing to people. You know I, I should I made the wrong choice and God and Christ and all the things that Stephen has always espoused on the air. To be quite honest with you, and and something that he and his wife were very proud of was that they waited to be sexual until they were married. He made that a very publicly known thing. They were, and so did Candace, apparently, with her husband. But they both made that a very publicly known thing. So for those of you who are like, Monica's none of our business, and this is so wrong, and it shouldn't be, nobody should have, this because you don't know the whole story. And because you're part of tribal conservative Inc., you know, you're upset with the rest of us who are like, hold on a minute, there's a story here. You know why? Because Mr. Crowder made it a story. So you don't get to bring it to your millions of audience members and then all of a sudden backstroke because now the heat and the light's been turned on you and your wife no longer gets to be the boogeyman. And I am astounded by some of your responses on my Twitter feed. I'm not going to lie. And you know what's really, you know what all, you know what else this, the other thing that I'm, that I'm, that I'm keenly aware of that I'm extrapolating This is like the greatest extraction process ever for me, right? I'm mining for information about where you guys are. This is like the greatest test ever of people's level of bitterness toward the up toward the opposite sex. Oh my gosh. It's like, you know, being a single woman, I've been seeing I've been widowed. Matter of fact, yesterday was my husband's twenty-fourth anniversary of going to be with the Lord. And that's always a I don't care where I am in the world, it's always a day. Because I remember exactly where I was, exactly who told me why I was out of the country at the time. And when I got the message, I was dumbfounded. You know, he was. He was sick for a couple of years. He was sick for a few years with ALS which is probably one of the most gruesome 
diseases ever. No disrespect to those of you who are ill right now or have lost others to terminal illness, but when you cannot even move your eyelids and your brain is fully functioning, I'm I'm not sure of a worse hell. And that's all I'll say about that. So, um, so yes, he was sick for a few years and, and honestly did not, and he was on life support. So when I got the call overseas that he had passed, I had to go take care of my grandmother who had just had a stroke. And, um, I will never forget the moment that my family member busted through the door and told me that he had passed. So, um, the 27th of April every year is just one of those days where I'm like, Hmm, you know, it just, it doesn't leave you. Okay. So anyway, so with that, I, so I've clearly, I've been engaged once, uh, you know, I've, I've had a couple of long-term relationships, but I, I don't really spend a lot of time dating. That's just not my thing. And so I've been very laser focused on raising my kid, you know, fulfilling my purpose, all those things, getting my own heart, right. Getting my own, you know, my life, right. And, and getting right with my father so that I can actually be a decent spouse for someone because it is an honor to be someone's wife. It is an honor. It's an honor to be a spouse. And for those of you who have been married for a long period of time, you don't see it that way. I know you don't because I see your tweets. Some of you do. There's, I would say there's probably, y'all are like the three percenters, <laughs> but not like, you know, the people storming the Capitol allegedly. But you, you guys are like the marital three percenters where, you know, you're still dating your spouse after 26 years and you still think that the greatest thing ever, probably more so than you did whenever you first got married and certainly five years in. So I love you guys. You're beautiful. I love your stories. I follow you. I stalk you almost because you give me hope and you bring me joy. And I love retweeting your your beautiful, sweet things to your spouses and your cooking nights and your date nights and your dance nights. And, you know, there it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. That's how it should be. That's how it can be. Amen. And so when a grown man takes to the airwaves who has millions of followers to berate his soon to be, or should be at this point, after what I saw on camera, um, his ex-wife and saying, I made the wrong choice, you know, and, and to see some of your responses has been, has been, and not even watching the video, not watching the video, not watching, not listening to Candace's receipts, none of that. Um, and to other journalists who the soon-to-be ex-wife, um, you know, sent this material to, to say, hey, uh, can someone, you know, defend my honor here? Because I'm actually living in a in an apartment by myself. Like, I'm not even living with him right now. And she's got babies. Right? And so when you watch the video, huh, and, and as someone who, you know, as someone who's been through a few of these relationships with someone who would speak to me in that manner and trust you this, it didn't last that long. It only took me up once and then, and I extended the mercy stick. And after that you got the boot. So, but I have been spoken to in that way, in that manner. And so you got to know, um, and, and, and I, I went through some things also when I was pregnant that, you know, you talk about being triggered watching that video, the the ring video, I, that was very triggering, undoubtedly, because he was so condescending and disrespectful. And she keeps telling him, Stephen, I love you. I'm, I'm going to take the car. Are you going to go buy groceries? Are you going to the grocery store? What about the dog? Are you going to do the wifely duties? I mean, the dialogue is pretty astounding. But, but if you understand spiritual dynamics, what you see at work there. And, and what you, and, and immediately I went back to, wait a minute, he was very proud to marry her. 
He was very proud about how they came together. He was very proud. I mean, they've dated since way before he became anything other than, you know, Steven Crowder trying to put a show together in his basement or his garage. So, you know, she's been with him from the beginning. So it wasn't like she's, you know, it's not like she's who he's going to run into now. <laughs> Good luck with that, Steven. <laughs> so, you know, with all the honeys that are going to be like, ooh, Steven Crowder, uh, got some money. So... With that, you know, she's she's been in there. She has his children, and and no matter no matter what kind of a day she was having, the way he spoke to her, and she's pregnant, it just it it made me nauseous. And I agree with Candace; it was despicable. It was despicable. It was inexcusable. And some of you men who have gotten listen, and you know I love you because I support you, and I bring you on my show to talk about the horrible women in your lives that have dragged you through family court like nobody's business, who will lie on you, have accused you of molesting your own children. I mean, listen, I'm a woman. I understand. I'm a minister. You don't think I've heard it all? You don't think I've seen the liars in the demonically inspired and possessed women come through my ministry regarding men? Oh, please. So women don't get off the hook for this, but I'm not talking about broad strokes. I'm talking about this particular incident and with the receipt we have. And some of you are like, well, we don't know what led up to that. Okay, whatever led up to that. Again, if you're going to espouse Christ and then you're going to sit on camera, unbeknownst to him, I'm sure, and you're going to berate, which I would, I would, I would consider berating, your pregnant wife, and then allegedly threatens her off camera. It's like it's kind of inaudible, but the but the 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 uh, the journalist who brought this all of this forward, and I, I imagine gave it to Candace, said that there was a threat in there that is just inaudible to us. Um, and you hear him start to say it. But it was inaudible, and he completed the sentence, and I'm not going to repeat it. So it was abhorrent. It, it was it was heartbreaking, to be honest with you. And, you know, another reason why it was heartbreaking, for those of you who are just so bitter about women and men, relationships and all of that, what about those children in utero? You do know that everything that passes into that mother passes through to those children. You do know that when you're having what you think are private conversations around your children or you think they're sleeping, that their spirits never sleep. Their spirits pick up on every single thing that you're laying down. They're little receivers. They're absolutely receivers. And they're so innocent and their spirits are so innocent. And it's just heartbreaking to see what some people listen to and they watch and how they speak and, and, and think, well, they can't hear they're asleep or they're not even paying attention. No, there's, they're very much so aware there. Our spirits never sleep. Hello. None of us. And your children are highly susceptible and anything that she's feeling gets passed on to those children. So good job, Stephen. Now you've got generational things to contend with your, your kids do, you know, before they ever got here. And maybe he didn't know. Maybe he didn't know, but it is pretty, it's not just tasteless. It's just gross to, to bring all of this. And for those of you who are like, well, this is private. Yeah, it is private. We should have never been brought into it, to be honest with you ever. But he allegedly brought his entire audience into it. 
So his, his wife has every right to speak to this openly and publicly. And the fact that he brought Candace into it publicly, you knew she wasn't going down, you know, with, with any, with tape over her mouth. That was not going to happen. No, ma'am, not Candace Owens. So, so here's, here's where I want to go with this conversation. Okay. So it occurred to me today, I, I hear from a lot of people who are single, you know, I'm single. People ask for advice. I wrote a book about it. I've wrote a book about a lot of things. And, and, and in that, you know, I write about being single and being in Christ and, and I do share some of my more woeful moments, not in complete gory detail, but there's some detail in there. And you know why? Because, because again, my father gets all the glory for delivering me from that. And so when, when you realize, you know, that you suck the shame out of the room, whenever you give father glory and, and really his glory is more and glory manifested should be amplified to, to the extent that, you know, Christ despised the shame. The shame that comes with sin. He despised it. He took all of that onto the cross with him. And when he was resurrected, that shame is no longer a part of who he is. And because I'm in him, it's no longer a part of me. And the same thing is true for you if you're a Christian. So if hopefully somebody got set free from some shame today with just that one statement. Rewind what I just said and listen to it again and again and again until you get it down into your spirit. And if you don't believe me, go look it up for yourself in your scriptures because it is absolutely true. He despised the shame and he took it to the cross with him. And so, you know, some of you are too afraid to tell your testimonies and where you came from. And it's important because you can save other people from going down that road. You can certainly save people from the shame and what some people are led to suicide over, over their shame. If you will share the mercy and the power of our Father to deliver you. That is so important. So important. But, but I want to say this. The, the barometer reading that I get through just the, the comments on that one particular thread, you know, when we talk about how do we take the country back, right? Well, first of all, the left knows that we're all a bunch of phonies on the right whenever it comes to, you know, except for, I would say, Brandon Strzok. For those of you who have a problem with gays in the party, I, I, I hear you. I hear your conservatism and your Christianity coming out. Uh, I will say this. Uh, between Brandon Strzok, some of you call him Brandon Strzok, but it's actually Strzok, and the walkaway movement and Scott Pressler and, and, and what he's done to register more Republican voters than uh, I would imagine most Republican state-run GOPs have in the past 10 years, at least, or more. Um, those two are both uh, self-professed homosexuals, and they have done more to bring people into the party. Now, you can argue, you know, ideals and righteousness and holiness and all of that. That is a whole other conversation, okay? That, that's, that, that's not where I'm going with this, right? But, but what's interesting is that they've brought people into the party because they do make it about, hey, um, you know, policy. They, they, they make it about limited government. They make it about... Um, you know, and to be quite honest with you, even though they are gay, they have made it about um, the family unit, if you will, and not necessarily two homosexuals having children. Just because someone's gay doesn't mean they're not for, you know, a traditional family. It means they're gay. And unless they're part of the LGBTQ industrial complex, which is completely rabid um, and definitely not in favor just like BLM of the of the uh, organic and 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 orthodox family unit, um, you know, a lot of these folks are like, hey, let me just just leave me alone, let me be gay, and leave me alone. 
and I'm going to vote conservatism or conservative and Republican and, you know, but you don't need to be in my bedroom and I don't want you in my bedroom. Okay. I'm fair enough. (laughs) I don't want to be in your bedroom either. And you don't want to be in mine because it's pretty boring. So anyway, I digress, but I will say this (laughs) about that. Um, People know when you're genuine. And so for everyone who's pounding sand right now about, well, this looks awful on us. Yeah, it does. It, it should. But you know what's awful is how, um, how we're treating each other as husband and wife. That's what's awful. Not the fact that it's been outed. I mean, can we get our priorities straight here, folks? I mean, sure, love covers a multitude of sins, and, and we're not to run around, you know, aha, gotcha, you know, like the left does on everything. Uh, that's not what we're called to do as Christians, for sure. And we do cover people in, in love, but and not but. And, and when the opportunity arises because someone has brought it to the public landscape for observation, You all sound like the people who are just too holy to comment on pedophiles or gay marriage. And guess what you got? And guess what you're going to get? You're going to get the minor attracted persons who are ultimately going to have rights to your children. Yep. So keep sitting back in your holy roller Jesus recliners talking about how how wonderfully holy you are. Well, we're just going to pray for everybody. Okay, right. Well, what happened to discipling people? Y'all are so holy, I'm not even going to name her name. I will not even dignify my response with her name because she's been a little sassy butt uh, on, my fe- on, my, on my feeds in the past, but she just had to chime on in this today, chime in on this today, and that's fine, good for her. But this, this isn't a matter of accusing the, be- the brethren. No, sister, the brethren brought his sins out to the public and tried to drag his wife out into the public court for the rest of us to stone her. And some of us who actually have Christian scruples have decided to stand up and go, yeah, uh uh-uh. So you who is without sin, please do cast the first stone. And if that's unholy, then you need to subscribe to a different brand of Christianity because you're reading the wrong book. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But I am seriously aghast by some of the comments that I've seen. And it's like, for some of you, it's like, no wonder your marriages suck. No wonder you're still single and miserable about it. You know, some of us are single and like, well, all right, you know, we'll, we'll be married whenever the time is right with a with an amazing human being. And so I tweeted, so my revelation today was, you know what? Here's my new prayer. I'm praying for a perfect man. Some of you just went, what? There's no such thing, Monica. There's only one perfect being, and his name is Jesus. I can hear you already. I can hear your religious spirits. And and that's where I was going with Stephen, where he was so excited with, and I'm going to leave you with this. He was so excited about not having sex with his wife before marriage that if you go back and read through some of his dialogue and some of the interviews that he did, I'll never forget it because it really did leave an impression on me where it was like, you know what? That is really honorable. Good for him. But... They were they were very busy judging other couples who came down. Well, not his. I can't speak for his wife, but he wrote the op-ed, the piece that was talking, and it could have been his show notes at the time. They were talking about how another couple came down who had been together, who had lived together, 
right? And they had been married too. And they're all, I guess, in this honeymoon resort. And, and Stephen was just so proud of the fact that he didn't know his wife until his, his wedding night. And I do find that to be extraordinarily honorable, by the way. I think it's, I think it's right. I think it's honorable. I think it's in order. And I do think that you can expect blessing. I've also seen where that has worked out really bad for several of, of my girlfriends. But to be quite honest with you, there were red, green, yellow, purple, the rainbow of flags uh, before they ever said I do to those respective men who became their husbands. And so the fact that it went downhill, um, you know, just because they saved themselves from marriage um, didn't mean it was going to turn out perfect. And that's my point. That if we are not bringing Christ into every single second of our day, of our marriage, of our companies, of our boardrooms, of our bedrooms, yes, I said bedrooms, of our playgrounds, of our school boards, of our state legislators, state legislatures. If I'm, if we're not bringing Christ into our United States Capitol, into our think tanks, into our policy, into our economy, if we're not bringing Christ at every single second of the day, then we are absolutely leaving ourselves wide open for religious spirits. And that's what we see happening. And those are all the pearl-clutching Christians. Those are the ones who are, God would never use someone like Trump. He's so nasty. He said the P word 20 years ago, right? Because you've never said the P word. Your husband's never whispered it to you in bed, right? Okay. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe you do find that guttural and vulgar. Some people find it kind of, you know, titillating. Uh, there's a word. That's kind of my my moist word. I don't mind the word moist. Some of you just really, you hate it. And <laughs> I tweeted something else that got everybody all up in arms today. And some of you said, forget about the word moist. I hate it, which I don't mind the word moist, but titillating is one of those things. It's just, ugh. anyway. So yeah, you know, some of you, I'm not suggesting that you become guttural in your bedrooms, but I'm suggesting that what happens in your bedroom should probably stay in your bedroom. It's really none of our business, to be honest with you. And if you're comfortable with it and you're adults that are consenting in a marital union, then, you know, have fun and hopefully just the two of you. But even that's gotten off track with the church these days. Yes, you heard me correctly. So for some of you, it's like you think because you're transactional about your faith, here we go, catch this, catch this, because I'm ending on this. You think because you keep all the commandments and because you pray and because you do everything right and you cross every T and you dot every I. See, you're living by the law, so you're going to die by the law, right? And so because you think that transaction actually means intimacy and it does not. It never has and it never will. And so whenever I was inquiring of the Lord today, how did Stephen Crowder and his wife go from, man, she's the love of my life to, I just made the wrong choice. That's where he took me. And having been a part of transactional relationships, I can tell you they are death. It will never yield the love of Christ. It will never yield mercy. It will never yield grace. It will never yield respect. It will never yield a man loving his wife as Christ loves the church. It will never yield him laying down his life. It will never yield her respecting him or honoring him. Won't happen. But you men are the barometers of your household. I know you don't like to hear that, but whenever I say I'm praying for a perfect man, I'm praying for the man who, like my Savior said, be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. That word means whole. 
And any man who would object by saying there's only one perfect man, you know what that is? That is a religious spirit that is cowardice hiding in grace. You, sir, are living on a greasy grace slope. Your faith is one with one of those, um, like what my grandmama used to have, uh, one of those those tin cans that sat next to her stove, and she would pour her grease, or my daddy had it too, and would pour her uh, her grease fat, bacon, her bacon fat, all that, all kinds of grease, right? The the drippings, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about, especially if you're in the South. And then we'd reuse it. Ugh, but my arteries just heaved a little bit. But but they would reuse that stuff, right? And that, some of y'all sliding around all up in your Christianity with you down the greasy gray slope. You pour it out all the time. You bring out that little tin can, especially whenever it's convenient because you don't want to grow up. You don't want to mature. You will not pursue the Lord with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength with exactly how he pursues us. You won't do it. You're stiff-necked, you're stubborn, you're proud, but you're full of grace. You're full of the Lord's grace, and I would call absolute BS on that. Because whenever it comes time for you to extend grace, it is not there. So how are you going to tell the world that you chose wrong? After giving Father all the glory and all the honor and all the praise for doing something by the book, she was precious. Now all of a sudden she's turned into a she turned into Eve. I'm preaching to some of you all right now because you know that you would be like, Well, that's that crazy woman you gave me, Lord. That's exactly what Adam said. So the accusation continues. So, yes, little prima donna, there's a lot of accusing going on, accusing of the brethren. And you know who does that? Husbands do it to wives. Wives do it to husbands. People do it within the church. And we are called to rise above that. But we are also called to hold our own to account within the body. We are, in fact, called to judge from right and wrong because we love each other because we don't want to see divorce, because we don't want to see our own taking each other to task to millions of viewers and listeners across the globe. So yes, when you bring it to a public forum, it needs to be addressed by Christian leaders. And so as a Christian leader, I'm telling you right now, this is something that should have been handled together. This should have never been brought to the public forum ever, but here it is. And so let this be a learning tool for the rest of us. And yes, let us pray for the Crowder family and for those children, because obviously there's some deliverance that needs to be had within that family unit. And Father's arms, he's not a raptor, so his arms are not too short to be able to reach, yes, even Stephen Crowder, and yes, even his wife, who some of you are so suspicious of, because we didn't see everything leading up to it. And you know what? God bless you for that. Honestly, God bless you for that. I won't give you too hard of a time for that. But but I, I put the receipts right there in front of you. And instead of watching the monologue and watching the receipts, you just immediately did what you said you weren't going to do. And you jumped to conclusions. And you jumped on the tribal bandwagon, which is, well, this is such a bad look for us as conservatives. No, it's a really bad look for us as Christians because that's not how we're, it's forget about the look. It's just bad. It's bad for the body because guess what, folks? And I'm going to leave you with this. What happens to the Crowder family happens to all of us. 
That's right. You know why? Because we're all one blood. We're all one race. We have been baptized into the spirit by the spirit. We call ourselves sons and daughters of the most high. And it's probably time that we start acting like it. Have a great weekend. Go spend some time with your loved ones. Go make love to your spouse, for God's sakes. Get off of Twitter. Get out of spaces. Get out of the bottle. Quit complaining. Quit finding fault. Go have some fun. Make some love. Talk to you guys on Monday. Be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. And if you're an American, act like one.